0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: I'm Stacy Westfall, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, the Western Dressage episode. Coming up on today's show, Kristen Whitaker joins me to discuss the cake also known as the training, and the frosting, which is the showing. But before we get to that, I would like to talk with Diney Swanson, Executive Director of the Western Dressage Association of America, to see what's coming up. How are you, Diney?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm kind of rolling along quickly into fall and like all those last minute horse show entry things and all that good stuff. So yeah, it always feels like it picks up speed right now. So how about in the offices? What's going on there? It does.
2: Yeah. We're on the downhill slide uh, heading towards the world show. So it it is very, very busy. Good. deal. Uh, I just wanted to give people just a heads up to make sure to get their entries in early, uh, the show secretary feels like we might fill this year, Mm. uh, which would be exciting. But we hate to turn people away or put people on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. Um, And to also for those that are coming to make hotel reservations soon, um, because every other year, I believe there's a gigantic, um, it might be OSU or OU football game in town and all of the hotels sell out Ooh. and i'm not <laughs> sure if that, that, that's this year or not but so to better safe than sorry to get yeah. your hotel reservations made
1: yeah uh, and, and then the you know i was going to say the year that i came out there i checked hotels but i i ended up doing an airbnb that was really fun And then I also learned that there were some ladies staying right on the property doing a camper rental that was right there. And I thought that's a pretty cool idea.
2: Yeah. A lot of people are staying in RVs and yeah, just running one from a place nearby and staying on campus. Basically, it's a gorgeous facility. So it would be nice. And yeah, I've stayed in a couple of those Airbnbs. They're really nice.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of nice to have a kitchen. But you're right about uh, entering and getting those done early. So good reminder.
2: Um, And then one big thing I wanted to give everybody heads up about, we did send out an announcement about it. um, But Lynn Palm is sponsoring an added um, award to the overall high score youth. um, And it's called the Lynn Palm Future Star Award. And it's $1,500. Wow to that overall high score youth. Yeah. So that was very, very generous. And she's doing that through the um, dressage foundation who also manages the, um, the century ride program Mm -hmm. that we've talked about before.
1: Wow. That is a pretty impressive incentive bonus for youth kids.
2: Then we are right in the middle of finalizing. Um, I, we might've spoken about this before and I'm not sure, but the, um, the judges seminar for licensed USEF Western Dressage judges. We had to cancel it this year. Typically it's in You've attended it. Typically mm-hmm. it's in um, February in Denver. And typically it's lovely weather, except for the year you came <laughs> when I think it was 15 below and we had a blizzard,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: you learned a lot, right?
1: I did. It was very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so we've we've gone online with that um, for a a version for the licensed judges that need to renew. So these are our small R judges and our large R judges. They have to attend every three years. So what we thought would be a little project has turned into a gigantic project, um, but it is has turned out phenomenally. Um, even our you know our S judges that our dressage judges, that our Western dressage judges too, are thoroughly impressed with the program um, that, that helped us put, put this thing together. Um, and we will be offering it for auditors for $250. And it would be very valuable to take this course. Um, it's covering just among a lot of other things, uh, rule changes, uh, the training wheel, and scoring methodology that the judges use, um, rail classes, which a lot of people, you know, are curious about now those are getting much more popular, and a what's new section um, on things that we're seeing, you know, that a lot of judges are seeing that need to be addressed. <clears throat> addressed and um, it's it's very, very thorough.
1: So does that pretty much cover everything I would have seen when I attended the live version just in a online this version is, or is it kind of a slightly different? It's an
2: online version, but it's, it's updated and yeah. it's, uh, we've had quite a few, um, clinicians because we've done it online. Not everybody had to be there. So we, we, we have, I think seven or eight contributors, mm-hmm. uh, from all over the country. Um, so it's it's a little broader in that sense, but it's it's geared towards the licensed judges. So it's not, you know, quite the the how to mm-hmm. that they already know. Um, it. But it it gets into the nitty gritty pretty quick, and and there's just a lot of um, really valuable content and um, little quizzes and stuff like that. It's real. It's really fun. Um, it's, yeah. It's long. It's not a quick program. It takes about six hours to go through, but you can go at it at leisure. Mm
1: -hmm. That does sound really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound really interesting because I mean, my plane ticket alone, you know, let alone my hotel and everything else for going out there. And it was incredibly valuable to attend and learn and understand what the judges were looking for, because even though I had no intent of becoming a judge, auditing the judges seminar was very valuable for jump-starting me. So I can totally see where this could be incredibly valuable without all the flight or the, uh, ice or anything else. Yeah. Weather related.
2: <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, this, we still want people to come to the in-person seminar, mm-hmm. um, just because it's, it's so nice to network with everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, see people in person and, and, you know, take a little time to, to absorb mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, but this is a really nice option to offer in addition mm-hmm. to that.
1: Well, that's exciting so I'm Excited
2: about launching it in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you decided to let there be an auditing version because I do think that information is very valuable. Good deal. Well, thanks again for joining me and I'll uh, talk to you again in the next episode. All right. My pleasure. Thanks.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. EquiJoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, EquiJoule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose EquiJoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
1: With me today for the trainer's tip segment, I have Kristen Whitaker from Wit Acres in Massachusetts. Kristen is a clinician, instructor, and trainer with multiple championship wins at the Western Dressage World Show, including winning the third-level Open overall division, and she is here to discuss lessons and preparation for leading up to the World Show. Thanks for joining me, Kristen.
4: Thanks for having
1: me, Stacey. So I'm forever going to remember our first interview, which was when you were telling me how many videotaped rides you were doing for the online world show in 2020. How many was that again?
4: Yes, I think I think we we're around 112 for it a video was, virtual show. It was it was a <laughs> and I'm kind of <laughs> glad that we're not virtual taping. We are virtual taping a little, but uh, not nearly as much as we were. I'm, I'm glad to have a live show to go to.
1: Yeah. So I'm forever going to think of you. <laughs> That's like burned into my mind, like over a <laughs> hundred rides to videotape at home. And so that is what's burned into my mind right now. So this is a perfect lead to um, you're thankful to be going to the real live in person yes. Western dressage world show. And what we wanted to discuss today was, um, like how you prepare for that. So how do you have your people prepare for that?
4: Yes. So it's interesting you brought it up that way because I remember saying to you how much work it was uh, and that I thought it was easier to actually go to Guthrie, Oklahoma and and take off. And now that we are upon four weeks away from leaving for the Western Dressage uh, World Show, I, I don't know where uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so um, we, we actually have our hands full this year. I have way more horses and way more clients going than I thought. Um, I have two trucks, two trailers, seven horses, five clients. uh, That includes my daughter, Riley, and my niece, Haley. So, and and seven of those horses I'm riding myself. Um, So, we are definitely in boot camp. And Mm -hmm. basically, what I thought we could talk about today is for everyone to think about as they're preparing for lessons with their instructors, with their trainers, even just working themselves. How do you lessen well as you prepare for actually showing um, at a show like The World's? And we need to lessen at our best. And I think that's probably one of the things that we try to do. That being said, you're not always going to have a great ride. And as a matter of fact, sometimes I really uh, encourage people to embrace the not so great rides. Um, Mm -hmm. We might not call them bad, but they're not great. Uh, because those give you the great rides and those are the ones that you really need to learn from and take from. And as we lessen, I think that the way that I teach, it's very seasonal in the way that I teach. So for example, after we finish the world show, we do not do go over tests anymore. We do not drill things anymore. We do not drill pieces of tests. We go back to our horsemanship and having fun with our horses and playing with them and putting obstacles out you know, getting trot poles, some little jumps, some mailboxes, step up um, pads, things like that, that you just get to go out and play with your horse. It doesn't mean that all of your frame and your connection and your softness go out the window, um, but it means that you have a little bit more fun.
0: Mm, And and
4: as you come around to spring, we kind of evaluate where where we're at with our horse and where do we want to go. And then certainly by the time we're hitting summer and fall, um, I guess you're enhancing what you have.
1: Yeah, so, I love that. I love how you just described that because that is, uh, that's, I love that. Tell me more.
4: So this, I, I, I guess I, when I was thinking about this, I thought about one of my themes um, is ride the horse you have. I say this to my clients all the time. Don't ride the one you had in a lesson last week. Don't ride the one you had in a perfect, great test that you were so excited about at the last show. Ride the horse you have that day because we can't change it. We can do our best to help them, but you really need to ride that horse. Um, And so you you help yourself by helping them with that partnership that you've already developed. Um, You know, again, you put you've put the time in to train them you've put the time in to, to visit with your own personal instructors uh, instructor or, or a number of instructors uh, that you take pieces from it to to make your training um you know stronger and then you get to this point in time where you have to just kind of take a step back in my opinion where we're at right now i say boot camp but you're taking a step back and you're You're not making it monotonous, but you have to find a place where you're comfortable with where you're at. It might mean that you don't have the, as a horse as supple or as soft as you want. And trust me, I know I have been spending a tremendous amount of time on the road this year uh, training. And so my own personal horses, they're not exactly where I want them to be, but that's kind of part of the, the environment. That's what happens. So- Couple things, ride the horse you have, enjoy what you have. Um, I think the next thing that you really can do as you prep for your lessons, as you're prepping for a world show or, or even a schooling show is um, know your tests. Uh, spend some time familiarizing yourself with the test itself, uh, with the purpose of the test. There are certain tests, um, you know, that the judge is looking for some very specific things. And if, you know, we want to talk more about that, but there's, there's a purpose on the upper left-hand corner of each um, test, and it gives you an idea of what they're looking for, and that, at that level. And then even more importantly is next to your test and next to the items are the directives. And if you know those directives and understand them, you're not gonna memorize them, but you're going to understand what they mean and what that judge is looking for. Uh, with that, you'll also have uh, double coefficients in each test. So they're worth you know double the amount of other uh, maneuvers. And so this is a good way to go to your instructor as you're leading up and say, hey, where am I at in my tests? Where do I score normally higher? Where do I score score lower? What do I need to work on? And like I said, then understand that wherever you're at, that's gonna be, you know, that's gonna be what you're gonna you're gonna focus on with your horse. It's not a time to push your horse over the edge and introduce a new, uh, bridle, a new bit, uh, a new, you know, it's not a time to try things. You might tweak things. Um, but it, it's just a, it's a point in time where you start to, to ride the horse you have.
1: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like after you get past, like, is, is the world show kind of the end of your show season?
4: The world show is the end of my show season. Yes. Um, We make that big uh, jaunt to Oklahoma and it is a long way from the East coast. It is a really long way. So we uh, put ourselves all into it. Um, All the energy goes into it. And I always just kind of breathe a big sigh of relief when we pull back in the driveway and everybody has survived and everybody's safe and everybody's good. And then um, I go back to, because I'm on the East coast uh, weather wise, I go back to clinicking for a while um, and then kind of take a break over over December January if I can.
1: Okay, so perfect. So if so let's say you have somebody headed to the world show which mm-hmm. is in October, we'll say the beginning of October starts I think the very end of September, correct? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so okay. they they've and let's say they've never gone before. So, you right. know, it it is actually kind of a I love how you just said it's like a really far trip because some of the emails I've gotten about it are like how do I even haul my horse that far? Like sure. I've never even traveled that far. So yeah. let's, let's take a little side jaunt into that for just a second. What yes. advice would you have for people there?
4: So, um, and I, you know, you you need to do your homework. Um, I you need it's great. We have so much out there for social media on Facebook, and there's the social corral, and there's you know um, other people are on there. I know, and you have your your Facebook page, and people are able to reach out. So number one, there's so many avenues that that are available now. Reach out, ask the questions. There's a ton of people out there who are very willing to give advice and give their experiences or their tips and their things. So reach out. The Big thing that I, um, you know, some of my horses are on smart packs and supplements and things like that. I reach out to my rep and say, okay, you know, and it's getting a little close now. You're four weeks away. So, but I reach out at some point and say, hey, these are the supplements my horses are on. Are we all good? What, you know, is there anything else you recommend for travel? Another thing that you should reach out is your vet. Um, It's really important to make sure you have that travel first aid kit ready um, and that you're, you've got all of your medications, whether it might be for a horse that could be a little ulcery, things like that. Like, have you done your homework to make the trip that much easier? Mm-hmm. And then of course, make sure that your equipment is in good working gear. Make sure your truck and trailer are in good working gear. Um, have a plan. Like I take my trip that I make every year and I write notes along the trip. Because you always say you're going to remember for the next time, but you don't. But <laughs> I write notes along the trip and say, OK, it took us X amount of hours to get these through these states. And I had to stop for gas, uh, you know, th- two times or three times. And whatever it might be, write those notes or, you know, refer to somebody that might have some of that information that can make it a little easier on you because nobody needs stress the stress of travel. Travel is hard enough, never mind not being prepared for it.
1: Yeah, you know, that's why I kind of wanted to bring it up because I think sometimes when you think about going such a long distance, if people are going to go out to Oklahoma from, you know, anywhere that's not considering that local, I think more often than not, the stress around the show for things like travel and stuff is actually affecting people in their lessons, in their preparation, and in their testing. And so let's circle back around to I like the phrase that you said, you know, um, lesson at your best. What does that mean to you? And for somebody who is aiming for October, when do you feel that shift happening from them going out of like winter, spring into summer? How do you feel that lesson at your best transition happening?
4: Yeah, I feel like so we usually do a series of um of horsemanship clinics in March. Uh, And I would love to do it a little earlier, like, you know, February, March. We usually do, it, I guess, March, April. Um, Part of it is weather conditions in the Northeast. We can't really do it much before then. But I think it's important for your horses to have some downtime, have some play time. Doesn't mean that, like I said, they go out of uh, work completely. It means you do other things with them. And what we start to focus on in that March, April time is Communication between horse and rider. Um, are you presenting yourself clearly? Um, you know, I guess for me, uh, the the we'll talk about presentation too. But but I guess for me, my horsemanship is almost more important than any of the um, the the technical parts of it. The technical parts have to be there, but I'm such a Horsemen, I I really believe that we're honored and we're blessed to be able to share our time with horses. That as much as I believe that you need to push yourselves and you need to increase your expectations and you need to uh, be able to uh, find a instructor that's going to push you harder and have a little more drive to it, it's not at the sacrifice of the horse. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, when do you prepare for this? You start, you prepare all year. But you start to say to your instructor, or you start to watch videos of yourself. I'm a big believer that you need to take videos and watch and be willing to watch the videos. It's okay to see yourself. <laughs> so many people hate seeing themselves. And and I, I take videos as part of my clinicking with people. And I say, don't go watch this and pick on yourself. Like You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> um, writing, learning, teaching is so much emotional and mental fortitude it's so uh driven in our mental capacity sometimes even more than physical Mm -hmm. um we have to be able to open ourselves up to critique and and knowing that you can watch a video and say geez yeah I I do see what my instructor is talking about so I think that I'm getting a little off track but I think that you need to um to be able to continue to to learn throughout the year and just change your goals as you as as you progress.
1: Mhm. Yeah that that really circles back to something you started out with which was enjoy what you have. And there mm-hmm. is a balancing act. I definitely I feel it myself, I see it with other people where they're they're trying to reach a goal, but exactly as you nailed it, they've got, you know, they watch the video, they all they can verbalize is all the bad negative things. Mm-hmm. And, and like it is an exercise that I use also. Like, tell me what you see here this good. And they're like, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and it and but it is, it's good because um I totally agree with you that the watching the videos change it changes you faster, but it is, as you pointed out, mentally. It's, you can see the mental challenge. challenge. You can see the challenge. It's a
4: huge challenge. It's a huge challenge. And I, I, I have this thing I talk about all the time and my own clients are probably really tired of hearing about it, but um, I, you, you've got to spend the time to, to make the cake. Okay. You can't, you've got to be able to change the ingredients and add them subtract and willing to experiment with what's going in, you know, I love hitting a show ring, and I love looking good and rider presentation, and having a saddle blanket that shows off what I might be wearing, or uh, you know, if you want to, you know, just having a great turnout, having your horse shiny, hitting that center line where you can look at the judge and know that you can do this. Um, I'm a big, big fan of being able to do that, but in when push comes to shove. That's what I call frosting. Like that's the frosting. So if you haven't taken the time to bake the cake, no matter what frosting you put on, it's not, the presentation is not going to be there. So you've got to take the time to bake the cake, put the ingredients in, make the layers strong. And then you take all that pretty frosting and you put it on and then someone really gets to enjoy it.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. So in that that March, like say March through um what, June, July, like you're really kind of like, is it is does it feel to you like a steady kind of, is it a ramping up? Are you using schooling shows? Are you, is, yes. you mentioned clinics, schooling shows, I'm guessing. Yeah.
4: So we, we use some schooling shows. We we don't have a whole lot here uh, in Massachusetts. And I have to say um, to the the my, my clients, I'm sure my personal clients would love to go to more. I am so busy right now with clinicking myself and, and pushing uh, who I am and what I've decided to do by becoming a trainer and a clinician over the last few years that I am so busy. We don't, do nearly as much as we should. That being said, um, it's a continual, you know, because because I'm on the road. So that being said, it's a continual, just slow march. I don't want to always say push. Mm-hmm. It's a slow march to where we want to be. So we might test a little bit, uh, you know, in March and April, where we start going over tests and understanding them and understanding what they're needing. And then we do a lot of just plain old like drills, horsemanship type style riding where, where are you feeling the holes in your horse or your riding ability? And let's work on those because again, that's, we're going to go back to the cake. That's the cake. You, You can know your test. You can know your double coefficients. You can know the purpose. Um, but unless you can do it, It's, you know, it's not going to matter. It's not, unless you can be accurate in your circles, be accurate in what you're doing. um, Then you're, you might put all those pretty things on, but you're not going to have that foundation, the building blocks that make it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. So, what I'd like to do right now is take a break. And when we come back from the break, I'd like to go over the frosting. Okay, you mentioned cool. preparation and a whole bunch of other things. So, I love that you broke it into the cake and the <laughs> frosting. So, let's take a break and then come back and do the frosting.
4: We're all going to be hungry at the end of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com That's totalsaddlefit.com
1: Well, thanks for continuing this conversation with me. And I love how you did like the cake and the frosting, (laughs) not just because it's making me hungry, but also because I also have like similar views to like, there's times that I can actually find myself like lost in like the, I just want to play with the cake. I just want to do the base. I do a lot of that stuff. And then there's like, oh, they do feel a little bit like two different things to me. They're absolutely related, but they do also in my mind come across as like a couple different things. So let's say somebody's been working with their instructor. They, you know, they've done some clinics, they've been riding. Um, I would like to know just a little bit more as we approach like the frosting part of the presentation and stuff. I get a lot of questions from people about like, how much should I practice riding my test? Should I ride the whole test ever? Do I just ride pieces of the test? How do you see that, um, that transition from the, the, the drills and getting the fundamentals of the cake? How do, you, how do you blend that up into the showing?
4: So you almost took the words right out of my mouth. because, And it's perfect because how do you know? You know because you know your horse. So again, we're going to come back to a little bit of horsemanship. And we're going to come back to a little bit of Showmanship and um, the balance between those two. So your horsemanship builds your cake. Your showmanship builds your frosting. And um, like I said, both are extremely, extremely important to me. And, And yes, I'm not as far as I would personally like to be with some of the training of my own horses, but not I won't sacrifice the horse. And so that's, I think, one of the big things that, um, for me, the opportunity to go to a world show is just unbelievable. We are, uh, you know, the clients that I have that are going to the world show are in a position where they have the means to go. They have the village that has gotten them there. They have the transportation that I'm willing to, to, you know, haul. They have the horses that are able to do it. Um, they have the financial backing to do it. All of those things. When we, when you embark on a world show, there's a thousand different things that fell into place or that you made fall into place in order to get there. And so it is a momentous journey. Um, and so people really need to, when they get to a world show, they need to sit back and realize that they're there. And no matter how it goes, They're going to ride the horse they have, and they're going to be so thankful that they had that opportunity, no matter how it goes. Mm -hmm. So how do you prepare? How do you know how much to train and how much to test? Um, Eyes on the ground. I take lessons myself. Eyes on the ground is a great thing to have. You need to continue your education all the time. You need to... Practice your tests as much as your horse says that they are able to handle that. And what I mean by that is um, I'm very fortunate to not have any ring sour horses, not only personally in my own barn, but to people that I teach at all different barns because we try to keep it Exciting! We I love ring work. Like I, I, I'll do ring work over trail trail any day. I (laughs) people who know me, I absolutely hate the trails. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Put me in a ring, and I am so happy. But we we do a lot of different things in the ring. Um, you know, and and this is going to sound silly, but we do circles and serpentines, and and I call it messy riding. We ride all over the ring, and people are going to go. Well, you just still doing circles. Well, yes, we're doing circles, but we have we I. Pull those circles apart, and we'll we'll pick a point in the dirt and say, okay, this is where the circle starts and ends, and you're going to do a ten meter from here, a fifteen meter from here, and a twenty meter from here. And I want to see can you get back to that same point. So you've got to be really specific in what you want to get done, mm-hmm. um, and while being very specific, not make it monotonous, which is I think what I said a little bit before is. Um, you have to make it comfortable, not monotonous. So if you drill the tests over and over, some horses are either getting tired of it, or some horses are going to learn the test and say, you know what, I don't need you to show me anymore. Let me just take over. (laughs) And so testing is important to know. Um, I am a big fan of people going out and learning their tests themselves, walk it on foot. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things we try to do time, if timing allows, and this is a little uh, tip for the world show for those going go each night, you have one test you're going to be doing each day, go each night and visualize it, go to the ring, stand at the side and visualize your test, like feel it. And one of my favorite things that I try to tell people is, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard from your, from your showing, but people say, uh, you'll hear someone on the sidelines go, well, ride like you're at home. Well, I mean, nobody <laughs> rides like they're at home when they're at a show. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't happen again. You're going to talk about the, the mental and the emotional piece of it. it uh, it's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. instead, when you're at home, take a day a week or take whatever it works for you, but take a day where you ride, like you're at a show. Mm
3: hmm. Yes, yes, inter- yes.
4: Yeah. Turn the internal energy up. Turn the uh, excitement up. If you need someone to go stand at the end of the ring, um, do whatever it needs, but go and pretend that you've got a judge staring down center line and that you're performing. Because if you can visualize that, if you can feel that, at least it might feel a little more familiar when you get to the show. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, I, I love that because I agree with you completely that, you know, trying, you can't really force yourself to relax to the level you are at home, but it is a lot easier to, um, one of the things back to your idea of videotaping, one of the things is I've, I, you know, I noticed my little, let's just call it a nervous tick or a nervous habits, mm-hmm. whatever those are in the show pen show mm-hmm. arena. And when I'm, so I noticed it back when I was doing, when I was in the reigning arena. And so, uh, I was like, okay, I'm rather than trying to get rid of them. I mean, obviously I would, there's some I would like to get rid of. Cause I do this funny thing with shifting the saddle, like, <laughs> because what happens <laughs> when you spin the horse, a lot of times your right. saddle, yeah. Yeah. the centrifugal force will shift your saddle and you shift it back. But now It's in my body as a habit. Yes. And so I am aware, not because I'm beating myself up from riding and watching the test, but I'm aware because I've watched my rides and I know I do this. And I think it's really kind of interesting that I carried it over into the dressage world. <laughs>
4: yes. Yes. Not and as I know needed. exactly what you mean. And for you, it's um, probably a little moment of relaxation and, and you recenter yourself. And there's something I do too. And I tend to start to like nod with the horse. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. For me, it's, it's trying to think about the relaxation in the horse. And then I watch it. And I do it more when I show and I uh-huh. am a video and I go, oh, uh oh. I now every judge listening to this is gonna look at <laughs> and the funny thing is. It is great to let people know, we know, we feel these things too. I mean, yes, as trainers and as, as, you know, teachers out there for other people, there's, there's things that you and I see in our own writing that we're like, Oh, I didn't love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And well, what I think is fascinating is
1: I use it in my practice. So when you say Mm -hmm. at home practice, like Mm -hmm. you're writing a show, I'm like, Well, I guess I should bring some of my quirks along because if I bring my quirk along at at home on purpose, it does two things. It brings my awareness to it so that maybe I could actually control it and not have that quirk later. But it also, if my horse has been shown a lot and I do that quirk, they're like, wait a minute, this only happens when we're showing, are we showing, you know, I can like, like, I really understood what you meant when you were like, try to get yourself, bring up that energy, have somebody stand there. And I'm like, bring in your quirks, like whatever those are. Cause that, and, and it's and in that way, to me, that's another version of what you mentioned about messy riding. I'm like, I don't want all my quirks. I'm just admitting they're here. And I'm going to like ride at home and invite them around. And then. Try to work on getting rid of them, you know, at another time too. But like.
4: yeah, I had I had a few little notes down here, and actually, one of the notes I had written was the horse's personal quirks. So it's you brought up the <laughs> word that's on my little note here, that's awesome. um, and and that's probably in addition to our own personal quirks. As a rider, mm-hmm. you've got to realize you need to familiarize yourself with your horse and mm-hmm. their quirks and their yeah. needs because you are on a being of free will, a live being of free will, and a very strong and powerful one at that. So you're not just taking your own personal and emotional and mental needs in the ring, but you are on an animal that can feel all of that. And so you need to be able to compartmentalize some of those Um, And help them out. And remember that you're still on their back and you're still their leader then, because Mm -hmm. if you stop leading, they're going to take over. So, (laughs) you know, and, and the last thing we need is a horse taking over their own feet. But if you, if you stop leading them and saying to them, I'm, I'm being your leader, they're going to Doubt, and they're going to wonder what is going on, and that's when things start to fall apart. So, you know, it all it keeps circling back to ride the horse you have, mm-hmm. know them, believe in them, and um, be comfortable with what you have, so that you can help each other.
1: Yeah, it it you're you're dead on. And I remember at the first world show that I went to, that's where I met you. Um, yep. When I was out there, and I was showing my bay mare um, in one of the first tests that I showed her in. Yeah. I was supposed to be doing a leg yield over to the wall. And it was like, I was very focused on the test and I like to think I was focused on everything, but it, it doesn't always work like that. But mm-hmm. I'm like going like leg yield. I'm like, wow, we're going slower and slower. <laughs> and, and it, but it was, it gave me a pause to like open up my view to see yes. what she was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, as we were going across and like you just said, know your horse, when she feels kind of an overwhelm, she's a horse that quiets and like shuts down almost. And backs where, off. Yep. Yeah. My, my, she like backs off where my other little one like zings, like, zzz, like she's going to yeah. get all fired up. And so, but she was like, like, because there was a ring to our left and the judge is yes. in front of us yeah. and there's stands on the right and the warm up pens behind us. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm back in yeah. the moment. And like, I'm back in the moment, meaning, as you just so brilliantly said, like I had been riding the test. I think I'm all there, but then yes. this slowing down moment happens. And instantly, as you put it, like the horseman shows up and goes, what are you experiencing horse? Doesn't go like bad horse. What's wrong with you? The horse, right. you go like, you go like, oh yes, this is a lot.
4: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to attest to that, I think it was the same year. I had a little mare there who, you know, the, the cameraman, she thought was absolutely the most terrifying thing that she'd ever mm-hmm. seen. And and there is, there's a ton of um, external environment that they're seeing. And that's again, where you need to be able to sit in your saddle, not on your saddle, but in your saddle and feel your horse and help them. And I'll tell you what, um, and the Western dressage judges are are wonderful and even in their feedback, and I'm sure you've experienced this, um, but they, you know, comments and, and and yes, they have to give you a score for what you did And maybe it wasn't the best demonstration of what you were supposed to be doing, but the comments are like, Hey, good job. Kudos for really helping out your horse and, and things like that. And the judges are great. And I'll tell you what, I love a judge who has shown themselves because I can almost guarantee they've been in some kind of situation like that before Mm -hmm. and they can relate.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing that stood out to me when we were out there was your presentation was beautiful. I wanted your clothing. So <laughs> can we talk a little bit about presentation here?
4: <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, uh, And actually, someone just asked me, uh, you know, who, who came in over the weekend and said, well, I'm really nervous about what to wear. So I'm a huge Huge push for western dressage to stay as ranchy as people want. Like I, you know, silver is beautiful, and and I am certainly have some really beautiful tack, and I have a ambassadorship through a saddle company that they. It's just it's unbelievable um, what I show in. But that being said, there's also a very important ranch side of western dressage, which is. Go in there without the silver on your tack. It's not about that. It's really about um, how you and your horse and your harmony, which I'll bring up in a few minutes, but in your harmony all comes together and you can show that off. And it doesn't matter if it has silver on it or not, but you know, your, your turnout, I tell people clean And professional, like, you know, you can go to the rule book and read the rules and see exactly what they expect or require as far outside of that. um, If you want to wear a very nice, uh, you know, button up shirt, long sleeve shirt, or you want to be blinged out in all kinds of jackets, um, go for it, whatever, whatever you like, if you want to wear chinks or you want to wear chaps, if you, you know, whatever you're most comfortable in, as long as for me, it needs to be clean and professional looking. Mm-hmm. And I love people who have some theme to it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> the jacket that you're probably referring to with the color block, the burgundy red in the front, believe it or not comes from when I was in high school and showing, uh, Arabians. Mm -hmm. So that jacket I put on and off very, very carefully.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I love that you brought up, um, you know, a couple of things that are clean and professional and a theme and, you know, as you were talking, I was, we, I, we were at a raining show and talking about, you know, different things you can wear because some were trying to match saddle pad colors, which is yeah. a whole Western thing that we do. Yeah. And, um, and, and it does, it becomes like, are you comfortable in it? You know, because this young lady that we were talking to just wasn't very adventurous in what her choices were going to sure. be for clothing. And that's completely fine. Having said that it made it it's like the theme idea still fit. So she wanted that more basic clean professional look. Mm-hmm. And so that beca- that's kind of her theme mm-hmm. where um when I look it back at some of the shows because I've been showing as you just said there's all kinds of different things. Um so I I, I switched out complete I switched out themes per day at the world show. I was like today I'm ranchy and <laughs> and then I and then I did and then I had a blingier kind of one with like black so I I did chaps one day I did chinks another day and what is really interesting that could is that it really changes the look of your horse. Yes. yes, the whole turnout really changes. That the ability that we have to be so flexible. When I wear the chinks, it changes the whole outline. And I'm no fashion expert, but I'm like there's something with that that different line that's made with my longer. More slim black chaps than it is with my fringe flying around on me. Um.
4: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know the best part about all of it is you can do any of it. As yeah. long as, you know we talked about you know presentation, clean, uh, professional. I mean, but you can do any, and you can change it every day. Um, and my niece loves to change her her jackets depending on the day. I, I have a, a number of horses I ride, so I tend to match whatever jacket I have to whatever horse. And then I ride all four tests in that same, you know, jacket. So that's how I set it up. And I have some horses that to me, I look at and I think, gee, they look a little more ranchy style than maybe another one. So I'll use more of my ranch styled looking equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you, you, like you said, you know, you're it's, it's awesome because you can change it up and you can, As long as you're in there and making a good presentation for the discipline, I think that um, that's that's what is looked for favorably.
1: Yes. And I'll answer a looming possible question that I can practically hear somebody asking right now with all the different random changes everything it doesn't affect the score as long as you're within the legal rule books that yep, yep. there's there it, yep. it's not like it's, I joke around when I'm watching raining shows I'll be like plus half for this outfit you know I'll joke around but it doesn't sway them at all dear no you're like,
4: right <laughs> you are right and i and that's why i started off with saying like i'm a big push for we've got to make sure that these western discharged horses stay ranch uh, appropriate as well, because that's a really big, we are taking horses that are stock styled and uh, Western styled and giving them a place in the dressage ring. And I will stand by that through thick and thin. And so they do not need to be going in there um, dripping with silver, but if you want to go in there with all kinds of bling, go ahead, have fun with it. Uh, I will say on a side note, and just as a a tip again, for anybody who is going, the stewards are great. Go find the steward and run your bit Mm -hmm. check over before you even need to think Mm -hmm. about that kind of stress when you get there. Um, So, you know, just to, just to, you know, find, find a, find the show staff and and make sure everything's good. So that again, it's like it being prepared for travel, Um, you know, have that checklist done. So you're not worried
1: mm-hmm well I think is that does that pretty much wrap up presentation or do you have any other final tips on that no I I think that
4: wraps up presentation
1: yeah yeah well I think we had harmony on the
4: list and I'm we curious did, did yes. you
1: did you <laughs> sign up are you are you in the running for the harmony award that they're doing
4: uh I do believe I'm in the running um for the harmony award and and, and that I think is probably why they want to put something like that award out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I guess this is probably sums up the, the whole conversation uh, that we've been talking about as far as prepping for lessons that then prepare you for the world show is, um, you know, as you train, as you lesson, uh, as you pack, and as you you travel and get ready for all these things to embark on this journey and And it really, it doesn't whether whether it's at the World show in Oklahoma or whether it's a local schooling show, there's a certain amount of preparation we need to put in. And the more prepared we are, generally, the better off we do. Um, but you know, gates and riders' aids and seat and horse frame and um, you know upper level collection and impulsion and all those things are so incredibly important to make a package. but, if I could emphasize just on a personal note that I think harmony is so important because again, harmony speaks to my horsemanship brain. It's, it's the conversation between horse and rider. It's the, our Western dressage discipline. um, It gives us an opportunity to really showcase that partnership, the communication, and I'll go as far as saying the trust in one another. So uh, you know if you're circling back to ride the horse you have and that you don't want to sacrifice your horse uh, in the end, that trust and that partnership is everything you've built. That's your harmony for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know when for for anybody's listening and again, whether it's schooling, whether it's the world show, wh- whatever it might be, whether it's just, you know what? I can't do that this year, but boy, I'm inspired now. To go out and ride my test. Um go out there, believe in your partnership with your horse, be willing to smile on center line. because we know how hard that is. Um, and to, to look like you want to be there, and enjoy like the whole journey, not just that day, but the entire journey that got you there. Because we truly are blessed uh to have the opportunities we do on these wonderful creatures of free will um, that we share
1: our time with. I love, I love how you wrap that up. And when you had, when you had stated the idea of, you know, go stand beside the, um, ring and visualize your test. And when you were going through that earlier in the podcast, I had written down a note that said, you know, it's whether you know it or not, you're coaching people when you're saying visualize your test, ride the horse you have, enjoy what you have, you know, know where, you know what it's taken to get here. What's really interesting is you're actually coaching people to accept the outcome before they even show to accept that the journey really was the whole thing. And you haven't even gone in to do your test yet. And it's so amazing when you can do that, how much better you can ride when you, when you visualize that. And it's almost like you've, you are already accepted you know, what you have, what your horse is, and no matter if they are bogging down on a leg yield or whatever else is happening, you're still just so happy to be there. So I love this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I really want you to, to share where people can find you online.
4: Oh, good. Well, thank you for having me. I, I love talking with you, Stacey. It's always a pleasure. Um, my website is still under construction, but it is at least published. Um, I, again, it's been put off because of the many things that I've been doing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you can find me if you, uh, search for Whit Acres Farm. Um, uh, we do have a website and then I do a lot of things. I have a Whitacres Acres Farm, um, Facebook page, uh, but I do an awful lot through my own personal page. Uh, just timing wise, it's easier for me. It's under Kristen Whittaker And, uh, I do a lot of social media through Facebook. So, and, and, you know, on the, either one is my email as well. Um, I do a lot of things through email and messenger as far as getting back to people with questions, so.
1: Good deal. Well, I know you've been out doing a lot of horsemanship things, so I'm sure they can find all of that information and I will put links for all of those in the show notes. So that if anybody has any questions on spelling or anything, they can just visit the show notes for this episode and click on there. So thanks again for joining me. And I am excited to hear your results from the world show. Although it sounds like you've already got a plan to win ahead of time.
4: Awesome. Well, you know what, anytime you can go in there and, and like I said, be thankful for the journey you've been on that, that in my opinion is your win. So exactly, hold on to that, believe in it, understand it, accept it, and, and just be really motivated to, um, to, to be thrilled that you've had that opportunity. Perfect. Well said.
1: Thanks again. Thanks again to Dinie Swanson and Kristen Whitaker for joining me on today's show. If you're interested in hearing more from me, I have a podcast and you can find that by searching train your own horse with Stacy Westfall. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for dressage radio show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on horse radio network at horse network.com.